Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. When little Snow White's mother died, the king, her father, up and cried, Oh, what a nuisance! What a life! I must now find another wife! It is never easy for a king to find himself that sort of thing. He wrote to every magazine and said, I'm looking for a queen! At least 10,000 girls replied and begged to be the royal bride. The king said with a shifty smile, I'd like to give each one a trial. However, in the end he chose a lady called Miss Mucklehose. A lady called Miss Mucklehose, who brought along a curious toy seemed to give her endless joy. This was a mirror framed in brass, a magic, talking, looking glass. Ask it something, day or night, it always got the answer right. For instance, if you were to say, Oh, mirror, what's for lunch today? The thing would answer in a trice. Today it's scrambled egg and rice. Now, every day, week in, week out, the spoiled and stupid queen would shout, A mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? The mirror answered every time, Oh, madam, you're the queen sublime, you are the only one to charm us, queen, you are the cat's pyjamas. For ten whole years, the silly queen repeated this absurd routine, then suddenly, one awful day, she heard the magic mirror say, From now on, Queen, you're number two. Snow White is prettier than you. The Queen went absolutely wild. She yelled, I'm going to scrag that child. I'll cook her flaming goose or skinner. And I'll have her rotten guts for dinner. She called the huntsman to her study. She shouted at him, Listen, buddy! You drag that filthy girl outside and you will take her for a ride. Thereafter, slit her ribs apart and bring me back her bleeding heart. The huntsman dragged the lovely child deep, deep into the forest wild. Fearing the worst, poor Snow White spake. She cried, Oh, please give me a break. The knife was poised. The arm was strong. She cried again, I've done no wrong. The huntsman's heart began to flutter. It melted like a pound of butter. He murmured, OK, beat it, kid. And you can bet your life she did. Later, the huntsman made a stop within the local butcher shop, where he bought, for safety's sake, a bullock's heart. And one nice steak. Oh, Majesty, oh, Queen, he cried. That rotten little girl has died. And just to prove I didn't cheat, I've brought along these 
cried out, Bravissimo! I trust you killed her nice and slow. Then, this is the disgusting part. The Queen sat down and ate the heart. I only hope she cooked it well, as boiled heart can be as tough as hell. While all of this was going on, oh where, oh where had Snow White gone? She'd found it easy, being pretty, to hitch a ride into the city. And there she got a job, unpaid, as a general cook and parlourmaid, with seven funny little men, each one not more than three foot ten. Ex-horse race jockeys, all of them. These seven dwarves, though awfully nice, were guilty of one shocking vice. They squandered all of their resources at the racetrack, backing horses. When they hadn't backed a winner, none of them got any dinner. One evening Snow White said, Look here, I think I've got a great idea. Just leave it all to me, okay? And no more gambling till I say. That very night, at eventide, young Snow White hitched another ride. And then when it was very late, she slipped in through the palace gate. The king was in his counting house, counting out his money. The queen was in the parlour, eating bread and honey. The footman and the servants slept. So no one saw her as she crept on tiptoe through the mighty hall. She grabbed the mirror off the wall. As soon as she had got it home, she told the senior dwarf, or gnome, to ask it what it wished to know. Go on, she shouted. Have a go. He said, Oh, mirror, please don't joke. Each one of us is stony broke. Which horse will win tomorrow's race? The Ascot Gold Cup, steeplechase. The mirror whispered, sweet and low. The horse's name is Mistletoe. The dwarves went absolutely daft. They kissed young Snow White fore and aft, then rushed away to raise some dough with which to back old Mistletoe. They'd pull their watches, sold the car, borrow money near and far. For much of it, they had to thank the manager of Barclays Bank. They went to Ascot and, of course, for once, they backed the winning horse. Thereafter, every single day, the mirror made the bookies pay. Each dwarf and Snow White got a share and each was soon a millionaire. Which shows you. Gambling's not a sin, provided that you always win. Goldilocks and the Three Bears This famous wicked little tale should never have been put on sale. 
It is a mystery to me why loving parents cannot see that this is actually a book about a brazen little crook. Had I the chance, I wouldn't fail to clap young Goldilocks in jail. Now just imagine how you'd feel if you had cooked up a lovely meal. Delicious porridge, steaming hot, fresh coffee in the coffee pot, with maybe toast and marmalade, the table beautifully laid. One place for you, and one for Dad, another for your little lad. Then Dad cries, Golly gosh! Gee whiz! Go cripes! How hot this porridge is! Let's take a walk along the street until it's cool enough to eat. He adds, an early morning stroll is good for people on the hall. It makes your appetite improve. It also helps your bowels to move. No proper wife would dare to question such a sensible suggestion. Above all, not at breakfast time, when men are seldom at their prime. No sooner are you down the road than Goldilocks, that little toad, that nosy, thieving little louse, come sneaking in your empty house. She looks around, she quickly notes, three bowls brimful of porridge oats. And while still standing on her feet, she grabs a spoon and starts to eat. I say again, how would you feel if you had made this lovely meal and some delinquent little tot broke in and gobbled up the lot? But wait, that's not the worst of it. Now comes the most distressing bit. You are, of course, a house-proud wife, and all your happy married life you've collected lovely things like gilded cherubs, whirring wings, furniture by Chippendale, bought at some famous auction sale. But your most prized, valued treasure, the piece that gives you endless pleasure, is one small children's dining chair. Elizabethan, very rare. It is in fact your joy and pride passed down to you on Grandma's side. But Goldilocks, like many freaks, does not appreciate antiques. She doesn't care. She doesn't mind. And now she plunks her fat behind upon this dainty precious chair and crunch! It busts beyond repair. A nice girl would at once exclaim, Oh dear, oh heavens, what a shame! Not Goldie, she begins to swear and bellows, What a lousy chair! And uses one disgusting word that luckily you've never heard. I dare not write it, even hint it. Nobody would ever print it. You'd think by now this little skunk would have the sense to do a bunk, but no, I very much regret she hasn't nearly finished yet. Deciding she would like a rest, she says, Let's see what bed is best. Upstairs she goes and tries all three. Here comes the next catastrophe. Most educated people choose to rid themselves of socks and shoes before they clamber into bed, but Goldie didn't give a shred. 
Her filthy shoes were thick with grime and mud and mush and slush and slime. Worse still, upon the heel of one, was something that a dog had done. I say once more, what would you think if all this horrid dirt and stink was smeared upon your eider town by this revolting little clown? The famous story has no clues to show the girl removed her shoes. Oh, what a tale of crime on crime. Let's check it for a second time. Crime one, the prosecution's case. She breaks and enters someone's place. Crime two, the prosecutor notes. She steals a bowl of porridge oats. Crime three, she breaks a precious chair belonging to the baby bear. Crime four, she smears each spotless sheet with filthy messes from her feet. A judge would say without a blink, Ten years hard labour in the clink. But in the book, as you will see, the little beast gets off scot-free. While tiny children near and far shout, Giddy kid! Hooray! Hurrah! Poor darling Goldilocks, they say. Thank goodness that she got away. Myself, I think I'd rather send young Goldie to a stickier end. Oh, Daddy, cried the baby bear, my porridge gone, it isn't fair. Then go upstairs, the big bed said. Your porridge is upon the bed, but... As it's inside, mademoiselle, you'll have to eat her up as well. That was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and Goldilocks and the Three Bears, both from Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes. And I'll have the last two poems from that fantastic compilation next time. So that's all now from Teletail Pod. Bye!